Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, church. Uh, Super excited to start a brand new series, a two-part series as we kind of uh, go into uh, the month of October. Uh, The title of this series, this two-part series, is titled Supernatural, Uh, Supernatural. And um, during the month of October in our culture, right, uh, we we tend to start thinking about, uh, you know, the unseen, right? Like in our culture, like scary movies start to come out. People start thinking a lot about, you know, uh, spirits and angels and demons and just those types of things, like kind of like the unseen spiritual world. And so I just, uh, you know, as I was getting ready, I was planning, you know, the series um, way back, I was like, I've never really sat through a series or even a sermon on the topic of angels or the topic of demons. Like, what does the Bible have to say about that, right? Like, Scripture says that all Scripture is profitable for our lives. So including passages where it talks about angels and demons in the spiritual realm. And so what I want to do for these next two weeks, uh, what I want to do is I want to focus today on angels. Let's do some angelology, right? Uh, and then next week, I'm gonna talk, I want to talk about demons. And I just really want to, uh, we're not going to even really go super deep because there's so much, uh, but I kind of want to just give you a broad perspective and biblical overview of angels and demons. And honestly, um, not just for head knowledge, but for heart transformation, uh, because I truly believe that uh, these topics, angels and demons, are spiritually edifying and spiritually important for our lives. And so what I want to do today is answer three questions. The first question I want to answer is, what are angels? So I want to talk a bit about that. What are angels? The second question I want to answer is, what do they do? And then the third question, which I think is the most important question, is how uh, are they spiritually edifying to me? If Scripture says that all Scripture is profitable for us and it's God-breathed, then how are they spiritually edifying, right, practically to my life? And so, uh, but before we move any further, and just I'm going to jump right in, but before we do that, let me just stop and pray and pause uh, for a moment. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that um, we can gather uh, together, worship you, your greatness, your goodness, your faithfulness. God, I just pray for the next few moments that we would just hear from you uh, about this topic of angels. And uh, God, your word is um, profitable. And so God, just show us how edifying uh, this topic is and this reality and this truth is for our lives. God, I pray you remove any distractions. I pray that you bring us clarity, um, uh, both in, in speaking and both in receiving the word, God. May it fall on good soil. May it fall on soil that uh, would grasp the word and grasp the seed, God, and produce, produce fruit. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. So like I said, church, uh, the first question, I'm just going to jump right in. The first question that I want to answer is, what are angels? And under this question, there's three, three points that I want to uh, make sure that you get. And the first is this, that angels are created beings. Angels are created beings. They're, they, 
they were created. They're not infinitely eternal uh, in the past, but they are actually our created beings. And for every, um, every point, I want to back it up with Scripture. Uh, Nehemiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6 says this. It says, You are the Lord, you alone. You made the heaven, the heavens of heavens, with all their hosts. And just so you know that in the Scriptures, host is, in, is reference to, to angels, which is the spiritual realm, okay? So host is angels there. Uh, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them, uh, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven uh, worships you. So here we see in this passage that God has created, uh, he has created uh, uh, angels. Angels are different than us. Angels are not created in the image of God. And so we are more like God than angels are because they have, the scripture never says that angels are created in God's image. Yet that's what the scriptures say about us, that we are created in the image of God. Now, uh, and I mentioned this before uh, at some sermon a long time ago. Um, and uh, one of the things that I, I hear, especially when I have to do funerals and things like that, uh, when someone passes away, is uh, heaven gained uh, an angel, right? Have you ever heard of that? Maybe you've even said that yourself. And I get it. Like, I get the, the sentiment. I, I get the idea that, hey, we're, we're grieving, and, and uh, this person's now with God if they're a believer, and, and, and I, I get that. But the truth is that um, uh, that person, especially if they're a believer, uh, they're, they're not an angel, right? They, they're created in the image of God, and so they have greater worth and value, in a sense, than an angel. And so when we do that, like we kind of, kind of, in a way, kind of devalue that person instead of saying, hey, God, you know, uh, if, if that person's a believer and they went to heaven, God uh, gained a child, right? Like we're children of God created in his image. But I just wanted to point that out, that sometimes we have phrases that we say sometimes without even thinking about it theologically, right? And so the first thing we need to know is that angels are created uh, beings and not created in the image of God. Number two, uh, angels are spiritual beings. They're spiritual beings. Luke 24, 39, he says, this is Jesus after his resurrection, see my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. A spirit is not a of they're not physical. They're, they're spiritual, uh, immaterial beings. Uh, however, right, we know in Scripture that there are times where God allows human beings to see angels physically. Again, let me back it up. Let me give you an example. Uh, Matthew 28, 5, uh, this is after the resurrection when the angel appears to the women after the cross. He says, but the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you uh, seek Jesus who's crucified. So they saw this angel, right? Although he's spiritual and immaterial, in this instance, because of God allowing it, uh, allowing it to happen, these women were able to physically see at that precise moment a, an angel. Now, one of the passages that I've always thought was very interesting is Hebrews 13.2. I want to read that to you first. It says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Isn't that very interesting, right? Uh, you know, back then, hospitality, because there wasn't, you know, the hotels and Airbnb like we have now, hospitality was a huge, huge deal. 
And what the scripture is saying is that, hey, uh, you might be showing hospitality to an angel and you don't even know it. Like that's, that's so interesting, right? If someone comes to knock on your door, it looks like a person. Is it an angel? Is it a person? I don't know. May God give you the discernment to show hospitality or not. But I just think that's very, very interesting. And this happened in the Old Testament with Abraham in Genesis 11, where, uh, where three men showed up and one was, one was the Lord himself with two other angels and he showed them hospitality. But that's just very interesting that at times, at times, uh, we can be showing hospitality to angels unaware. I just think that's very, very interesting. So uh, for whatever that's worth, has it ever happened to you? Who knows? Because it's unaware. You don't know, right? We, don't, we, just, we just do not, do not know. Uh, number three, angels are moral and intelligent beings. Angels are moral and intelligent beings. Second Peter chapter two, verse four. This is in reference to fallen angels. Um, and here we're talking specifically uh, in this verse about fallen angels. It says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, right? There's a moral quality to an angel there, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. So an angel, um, prior, at, this is speaking about uh, the fall, uh, they are able to make moral decisions. And so not only are they moral creatures, they're also intelligent creatures, right? They can speak to people. They can think. For example, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, when Joseph is thinking about quietly divorcing Mary to not put her to shame, it says this, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not uh, fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So angels are moral uh, beings. Um, they, they know good from evil. Uh, they're intelligent. They show up. They can speak. They can think, uh, things like that. Uh, and so that's just a little bit about how they were created uh, by God. Now, the second important question, I think, when it comes to, uh, to angels is what do they do? Okay, what, what do they do? What are angels here for? What's their purpose? We know they're created. We know they're spiritual. Sometimes they can be seen. Sometimes they can't. What do they do? Number one, and this is important, is angels glorify God. Like that, that's their main priority here is angels bring glory to God by worshiping God. Psalm 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. So angels worship God as they praise God. We see that in Revelation. We see that in the book of Isaiah. They worship God, but they also worship God through their obedience. They obey God perfectly and fully, um, at least uh, good angels, right? Not demons. So they worship God. That's what they, they're called to do. It's really interesting, too, that they glorify God and they bring praise to God, specifically in God's plan of redemption. Uh, so when someone is saved, when someone's redeemed, when someone is, is converted to, to Jesus and to Christianity, here's what Luke says. Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Luke 15.10, sorry. Luke 15.10 says, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Isn't that awesome? That they glory, that they praise God, that they worship God when one sinner repents. And so an angel, their primary, their primary focus or their primary responsibility is to bring glory to God. They worship God. They praise God. Uh, they glorify him in the fact that 
people are saved and there's a party in heaven uh, for, those who have, for those who have come to Jesus, the salvation of the lost angels glorify God in that. Number two, what, they, what do they do? Is angels minister to believers. Angels minister to believers. Hebrews chapter 1, 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? That's believers. That's you and I, right? So angels minister. And I think this is the idea that we're, we're kind of more, most familiar with, right? Like when we pray for protection. I don't know if you've ever prayed that, God, you know, surround me with your angels. That's how my mom used to pray. God, surround my car with your angels as we travel and all that stuff, right? And so uh, this is what we're most familiar with, right? Like God, uh, angels ministering to us. And that is true. Angels minister to us. They serve us. They protect us. Let me give you an Old Testament example of an angel protecting someone. And, you know, if, if you're familiar with the scriptures, uh, Daniel in the lion's den, it says this, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. I mean, think about that. An angel's the one that did that. So he protected and he ministered uh, Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, this also happens in the New Testament where angels also minister and protect and care for believers. Uh, when the apostles were preaching the gospel and they were being persecuted in the book of Acts and, and they end up in prison. So what happens there? Well, an angel shows up, right? It says, but during the night, in Acts chapter 5, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Man, can you imagine just being there? Can you imagine the apostles and the disciples just being in prison and, you know, they're just kind of hanging out. How are we going to get out here? And an angel just shows up and opens the doors and just allows them to walk to continue to preach the gospel. And so, again, they're ministering to God's people. They're protecting God's people. They're caring for God's people, which includes you and I. And this, we see this both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So practically, right? Because I think about it, like, hey, this is all cool knowledge and it's, you know, it's, it's good stuff. But practically, when you think about it, if they still protect us, they still protect you and I. What about that time you kind of avoided that car accident by what you thought was an inch or a centimeter, right? Who was protecting you there, right? When you avoided a really dangerous situation and you found protection, you're like, I don't know how I got out of that. Or maybe you've avoided so many potential dangerous and harmful situations that you and I are totally unaware of. Why? Because angels are ministering to you and I. They are. They're protecting us. They're guiding us. And so I think that's one thing that we always have to keep in mind, that angels are there to protect us, to serve us, to keep us safe, right? And I'm just really thankful for that. Now, the question I want to ask today, very important question, a question that I get asked quite a bit, is do we have individual guardian angels? Like, do we have a specific guardian angel for every single believer? Let me check for a second. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, right? Do we have one? And, and I would say, I would say I don't think, I don't think we do. I think God guards us and protects us 
uh, with his angels generally, but he doesn't, he doesn't assign a specific angel to a specific person. Like he doesn't say, Johnny, you have this angel or whatever it is. Let me just, tell, let me just show you where, um, I don't think the evidence is convincing, but let me just show you uh, where people get this idea of an individual guardian angel. In Psalm 91, it says this, for he commands his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will, uh, they will, on your hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against stone. So here it says that uh, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, right? Sure, in a general sense, but this text doesn't say, okay, specifically that we have a specific guardian angel. I think there's evidence is not there. Yes, he guards us concerning us and he guards his angels guard us in all our ways. But I don't think this text specifically states that we have an individual guardian angel. Uh, another example, it says this in Matthew 18, 10, uh, it says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Again, it says they're angels. Now, does that mean specifically them? No, I think, again, in the general sense, it's, it's their angels. The, in a general sense, the children's angels, the people's angels, but not necessarily like a specific uh, angel. In Acts chapter 12, 15, the same thing with Peter. He's broken out of prison by an angel. It says, uh, they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel, meaning Peter's angel. And I, I think this is the one that has the most credibility uh, here. This is Peter's angel. That's what she says. It is his angel. Now, again, I, I still don't want to say that every single person has a specific angel because, again, the scripture doesn't say specifically that. And it is his angel at that point in time, right? Like, in that certain situation, in that time, it was his angel, not necessarily it's his angel all the time, but it was his angel in that moment, in that time, in that situation when he was coming out of prison, but not necessarily it's always been his angel. Does that make sense? Does that make, does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So I don't think we all have individual guardian angels. That'd be really cool though, if we did. That'd be super, super cool if we could just talk to them and stuff. I mean, kind of like an imaginary friend, an imaginary friend when you guys were younger, right? Okay. So <laughs> what are angels? What do they do? Now here's, where, here's the most important part, I think for me, is how are they spiritually edifying to us? I, I think this is where the, the rubber meets the road. I think how are they edifying to me spiritually? Like, how are they going to encourage my faith? How are they going to stir up a greater love for God and devotion for God? And I got a couple. I got four of them. And the first is this. Angels remind us of God's grace. This is so, so important. Angels remind us of the amazing grace of God. You see, 2 Peter chapter 2 verse four, which we already read, talks about fallen angels. And notice that God didn't save them when they fell. Scripture says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, right? So fallen angels, when they sin, God didn't spare them. God didn't save them. 
You and I, though, when we fell, when we sinned, when we turned our back on God, what did God do? God saved us. And so angels remind us of God's saving grace, that he didn't have to save us, that he could have left us like those fallen angels and said, hey, they messed up, they're on their own. There's no coming back from that. But you're not with us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us, to save us. And I don't know about you, man, but when I think of angels, I think about that. I think about this. This is very interesting. The song Amazing Grace. Angels, like good angels, will never be able to really experience that grace like we do. Think about that for a second. We're saved by grace. We fell and we're saved by grace. And that's something that we experience. Angels, good angels that never fell, they've never fell. So they don't experience that grace. They, they don't know what redemption feels like. They don't, they've never, they'll never experience redemption. When we sing songs about God's redemption, sure, they understand the concept, but experientially, they'll never be able to really experience redemption. We can. They can't. We're redeemed. We fell. We messed up. And God saved us. And God redeemed us. Forgiveness. Angels, good angels in heaven with God will never understand or really experience the concept of forgiveness. When we sing about forgiveness and God's love and God's forgiveness towards us, man, is it real? Isn't that? It's real for us. So God's grace is evident. And that he decided to save us and not angels. The second thing, which I think is just equally as important, is this. Angels remind us of the spiritual realm. Angels remind us of the spiritual realm. Uh, in the first century, uh, there was a group of religious leaders called the Sadducees. And they did not believe in angels. They did not believe in the supernatural. They denied all that stuff. And the same is true today. Right? A lot of our uh, people in our churches, even in, in our culture, eh, angels and demons and the spiritual stuff, I mean, we don't see it. It's not. If I can't see it, then it must not exist. The truth is that it does exist. The spiritual realm is a reality, according to God's word. And angels remind us of the spiritual realm. There's a story uh, in the Old Testament where the king of Syria is looking for the prophet Elisha. Uh, and he's seeking him to destroy him. And, he, and he's sending out hundreds and thousands of his army to go and find Elisha, Elisha and his partner. And this is what happens. As they finally, as Elisha and this young man see the army and they're looking and the army's coming towards them. It says this, then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of this young man and he saw and, the, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Think about that. How awesome is that? That, it, that Elisha and this young man saw these, this army, a physical army coming towards, towards them to destroy them. 
But yet Elisha says, God, open his eyes to, to see the spiritual realm. Open his eyes to see that you have an army, a spiritual army to protect us. And he did. And the, man, the young man opened his eyes and he saw the spiritual realm. Church, may I just remind you that the spiritual realm is real. It's totally real. It is. It's not, on your, it's not on the screen, but let me read this. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Listen to this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, our, our, our battle is not with each other. Our battle is not with people. Our battle is not with people who are different than, than us or look different or think different than us or whatever it is. Look who our battle is with. But against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand uh, the evil, uh, withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand firm. We're in a spiritual battle, and angels remind us of that. We're in a spiritual battle for our lives as the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We're in a spiritual battle for our marriages. We're in a spiritual battle for our kids. We're in a spiritual battle all the time. It's a constant war. It's a constant battle that we are in. I think the, the enemy a lot of times tries to deceive people in thinking that the spiritual realm doesn't matter. And if he could get you to think that the spiritual realm doesn't matter, man, he's got you. He's got you. Because we are, we are spiritual people and we're in a spiritual battle every day of our lives. And so church, may I just encourage you, may I just remind you to put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Use the sword of the Spirit to battle against darkness. We need to. It's a must. Number three, how are they spiritually edifying? Well, they remind us of God's amazing grace. Number two, they remind us of the spiritual realm. Number three, angels remind us of perfect obedience. Angels remind us of perfect obedience. Well, how so? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when Jesus is talking about uh, how to pray and teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is being done right now perfectly in heaven. Perfectly. By who? By angels, right? Angels are perfectly obeying the will of God. Angels are perfectly uh, serving God. Angels are perfectly loving God and worshiping God. So God's will is being done in heaven perfectly. Good angels are perfectly obeying God right now. And so for you and I, that is spiritually edifying. Why? Because we are to imitate that. That God's will is supposed to be done here on earth you and I, as it is in heaven, as the angels are doing it. They are obeying God's will joyfully. They're obeying God's will willingly. And that's the same thing with us. They set that example for us 
of perfect obedience. Now, I don't think we can obey God perfectly, but I do think as we think about angels and think about the Bible, and as you read the Bible and you encounter an angel, may that remind you that they are doing God's will perfectly in heaven and they're obeying him perfectly. And so should we as well. To pursue holiness, to pursue righteousness, to love God with all of our heart. And then lastly, I think this is my favorite one. I, I love this one. Angels remind us of our corporate worship to God. I love this. Angels remind us of our corporate worship to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says this, speaking to New Testament believers. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, meaning heavenly Jerusalem, heaven, that's what it's referring to. But you have come to heaven, Mount Zion, and to a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, right? That we, we have access to that. And to innumerable angels in festal gatherings and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. So now what, what is this verse saying? This verse says that believers, you and I, because of who we are in Christ, have access to that heavenly Jerusalem, that heavenly place. And in this text, it implies here that both the innumerable, innumerable angels and believers who have died and have gone before us, so angels and believers who have, are in heaven right now, are gathered together worshiping God. That's what this text is about. And we have access to that. And so what happens is that when we worship God, we're not worshiping just alone here at Restoration Church. Like when we worship God, we are worshiping with angels in heaven. We're not worshiping alone, did you know that? We are worshiping along with other believers who have gone before us. Where both heaven and earth worships God completely. So every time you come to church, may it be a reminder when you sing, you sing how great thou art, you're not singing alone. You're singing with thousands upon thousands upon millions of angels who are also worshiping with you. You're singing with family members and friends who have gone before you, who are believers. And I believe that's such a beautiful and edifying thing. It is a picture of what heaven will be like one day where we, God's people, God's children, with his angels will sing for all of eternity about his holiness, about his, about his goodness, 
and about his greatness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so what I want to do is I want to ask you to stand with me today. And uh, I want to end in worship. With that idea in mind, that when we worship, we don't worship alone. And when we worship, we worship with other saints that God is before us. We worship with other people who are now in heaven and all of heaven and earth worship God. And there's just nothing like that. There's nothing like that. So I want to pray and I want to worship God and as, as you just keep that in mind as, uh, as we worship. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word says that as we worship you, we don't worship alone. God, we're just getting a taste of what heaven's going to be like one day, the new heavens and the new earth. As we, along with the angels, sing your praise for all of eternity, we get a taste of that today. We sing how great thou art. We're reminded of the power that there is in worshiping you, God. We're reminded that you are a God who is great and greatly to be praised. And all of creation sings your praises, God. We just slow down for just a moment and worship you along with all your creation, mountains, stars, moon, all of your creation declares your glory, God, because you're worth it and because there's no one like you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.